0: Hello, and welcome to the Everything Publishing Podcast, brought to you by Self Publishing Services, the industry leader in author services and independent publishing. Today you're here with me, Melanie Callahan. I am an award-winning author with two self-published contemporary romance novellas, and I've also spent the last 20 years in the marketing industry, which makes me the marketing director of Self Publishing Services. And I have to say, I agree with my business partner, Danica Winters, that I am super proud of the fact that our company provides outstanding customer service, and really, our bottom-line desire is to be our author's advocates in this very complex industry. If you have any questions, comments, or requests after listening to this podcast, please contact us at selfpublishingservices at gmail.com. Or you can find us on social media, at SP underscore services. So one of the things that I will say I struggle with as a writer, well, as a person, not even just as a writer, but as a person. Well, this is everything publishing. Right. True. <laughs> and we meant everything. Everything. <laughs> as a human being, one of the things I struggle with is diagnosed anxiety and depression, And so on top of medication, therapy, and some of those more traditional treatments, I've tried a few other things to mitigate when, you know, when you can feel it coming on or when you're really in the, in the throes of, of an issue. Um, like I tried hot yoga once, which was quite possibly the worst mistake of my life. (laughs) And I knew when we were doing the ones where you, you lay on your stomach on the floor and I could feel the sweat pooling. But as soon as we went to roll over, all of the sweat that had pooled in my spinal canal there, you know, mm-hmm. splashed onto the mat. Oh. It was like a legit. Pshh. And oh, I was like, gosh. this class is not for me. <laughs> I,
1: I did hot yoga like that, except for I bent over and it was post LASIK. Oh. And the sweat rolled into my eyes. And you cried? And I thought I was going to die.
0: <laughs> We're doing a new pose. It's yeah. called no so New Death Experience. <laughs> I laid down
1: on the floor and somebody had vomited in the class before I, me. Yeah. I, that was the only time I have ever done hot
0: yoga. <laughs> yeah, hot yoga. Not for everyone. No,
1: definitely. But, you know, before you continue on with your story... I have to say and, and give you kudos for speaking out about mental health and your situation with mental health. I mean, it is so legitimate, and especially it seems like writers, it is really common to hear about people diagnosed with clinical depression or um, a myriad of other mental health disorders. Um, and, and it's not just a writer thing, but I think it is something that we need to talk about more. Um I myself am diagnosed with with depression. I'm treated for it. I um, have probably dealt with it my whole life, mm-hmm. but only as an adult was I able to talk about it um, right. and get it get the help I needed. And it, it took hitting rock bottom. Yeah. Um, but honestly, this is the first time I've ever really spoken about it because I because of you saying, "Hey, yeah, I'm gonna say this out loud." Oh.
0: Um, and I am a big proponent of talking about it out loud and casually, because mm-hmm. if it's not a conversation that is had casually, then people will continue to see it as something that needs to be whispered about. Yeah. And I think that's ridiculous.
1: Well, I, for me, um, I see it as a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Sure. And everybody does. Yeah. And, and I don't want, I, you know, I, people come at me a lot, mm-hmm. um, if you're, I heard Oprah say once, if you are an, a giraffe, people are always going to nip at your heels or hyenas are always going to nip at your heels. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so true. Like you put yeah. your head above the crowd and people are going to take pot shots. Yeah. Um, and so that definitely is part of this and it's part of this career choice and it's part of being a little bit different and I, and everybody is going to deal with this, but being just a little bit different than everybody else, you're going to have moments where this depression and these mental health illnesses um, really rear their ugly heads
0: yes, and i struggle I struggle anymore a lot with the anxiety mm-hmm. portion of things, and part of that I think comes from this need to be perfect all oh, the yeah. time to succeed, to never fail to you know there's that um i don't know grittiness I think that really is the Determining factor on how successful you are, and so trying to, I'm striving to find my inner grit and get beyond some of the things that weigh me down, and and some of them legitimately are the depression and the anxiety, those little voices that whisper and say you're never going to be good enough, you've never done it perfect enough, mm-hmm. you know it's never going to be enough.
1: Well, I I hear you. I mean, I deal with the same voices for sure, and I think probably our listeners do too. I mean, if you guys are reach out.
0: Yeah, we're here. Reach Maybe. out and tell us
1: your stories. I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna respond. We're gonna listen. Um, and if
0: at all possible, direct you toward help because. Absolutely. And that's what we want to talk about today our self-help, self-care. Yeah. Because it's so important and it's kind of a buzzword. It's a funny word that's kind of popped up lately. You know, I, I while you were speaking,
1: uh, I was actively <laughs> listening, I swear, but um, I was thinking about this generation, we're kind of in a weird cusp mm-hmm. that we are getting rid of gender roles, by and large, or they're shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that comes, both for men and for women, this need to be everything.
0: Yes. Oh, that's the worst.
1: Right? I mean, so no longer is somebody just staying at home yeah. and just taking care of the kids. Not that it was ever just that either. Right, but... but um, we're not so binary anymore. Like we have to have all of it. We have to be everything. We have to be on social media. We have to be doing presentations. We have to be producing. We have to be wives and husbands and mothers and fathers and sons and children and uh, in addition to, you know, running successful businesses and mm-hmm. being good friends and be, uh, oh my God, that, that just sparks my anxiety thinking about all that stuff. Right. Cause you fun. have to
0: do all those things and you have to be in the moment and you have to enjoy it and, and you have, have to, to feel listen. fulfilled and you have to, and it's just like, oh dear God.
1: Uh, so, but I, I do,
0: I think it is a product of the culture. Yeah, well, and this thing that is supposed to be freeing and is supposed to be advancing us Which as is a right, culture, right? Or well, I just meant in terms of not uh, labeling, you know, the non-binary. The non-binary. That, binary. Yeah, it's supposed to be freeing. It's supposed to be you're no longer stuck in this one role, where whether maybe it be that's, gender, yeah. or yeah. In instead. Like the concept is good, the execution is not quite there yet, and so, like you're saying, that I think we're just learning. Yeah, we're learning. So New we social get to be almost. right. We yeah. get to be that generation or that group that experiences the real shift. You know. Yeah, and it's hard.
1: And I think every generation has something that they, I mean, that obviously is moving culture in a different direction. I think right. that for for my mom, she's seventy to, I was uh, a late rose. Very late. Okay, guys. <laughs> right, because she's only 25. I'm 25 in my brain. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't want to be 25 in my brain. Not Nothing bad against 25, but no, I, I, I 25. like 30s. Okay, I'm real happy in the 30s. Um, so, <laughs> I like, I'm, it's like I have my shit together finally. And oh, good for you. I'm a lean-in person, and, oh, I, can, and I feel yeah. comfortable with that, where at 25 I was still learning myself. And, but um, anyways, but I think in that generation they were coming. They were going to the moon, and they were yes. experiencing technology for the first time. And the nuclear war was such a huge part of their pervasive. Um, threat. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, and and that fear of violence mm-hmm. in their culture has. This is a, a crazy conversation because it's not where we intended. Right? This we're at all. sociologists, but but you know, here we are in a culture now where we have this pervasive fear. Yes, but instead of of it being this um country Mm -hmm. or cold war era type thing it is now the mass murderers and it's the the gun and i I don't want to go there but like it's just interesting how we we change and our mentalities change but at the same time we're kind of the same we're always trying to figure out where we fit in as human beings which is why we're writers
0: yes I think that that's true. So many writers, that's how they explore their worldview and that's how they express their worldview. And and it often goes hand in hand. And having been to several conferences and spoken with, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of other writers, I I think it may be more pervasive among artists, not just writers, but artists in general. This kind of deeper um, consciousness, or I don't want to sound snotty when I say that, but like, it kind of goes hand in hand with that depression, anxiety, that that constant seeking and self-evaluating and feeling like you're coming up short. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know why that is it just seems to be a thing
1: well maybe we're more what do you guys think yeah what do you think I mean there has to be probably a psychologist or sociologist listening we're just we're just two writers here talking right are we crackers what are we (laughs) but I I think that maybe it is something with that right brain thing mm -hmm. but honestly like it's kind of funny like I get hey you know what you're kind of different a lot because Mm -hmm. I have that left brain thing that business acumen that a lot of writers don't have Um, unfortunately because you, you do need it in this business. In the, in the current culture of publishing, you really kind of have to have that, oh, that middle ground right where um, you can be linear when you need to be linear. And you can be scrapped is what I get called <laughs> a lot, um, where you get a little ADD-ish um, when you need to be that way. And I think that comes with that higher consciousness stuff. Yeah. So right. whether I, so, I don't know if it's right brain or left brain, but it is. It is interesting that maybe we're just forward thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to um, delve into the deeper issues, the societal issues, the family issues, and you know that could even go with the motivation
0: and characters and stuff right. and empathy. Right. I find myself exploring the gray a lot mm-hmm. with my characters and even with people. I am a, I am a true crime buff. Me too. I love shocked. Oh my god. I, I can't tell it. So Case
1: Grant, what's up? I know, right? <laughs> I, know. I, I talked to one of the screenwriters from Mindhunter yesterday. I'm like Aww. geeking the F out and they are on my street team so I'm not going to out them at all but oh my gosh. You know, they're my fan, the fangirl over me and it was mutual fan, fan buffing. It was so <laughs> cool. I was like, I will fly you here to pick your brain and they're like... I will fly you here. <laughs>
0: oh, it was that's an amazing, amazing moment.
1: But uh, yeah, True Crime is awesome. And I think that that is interesting that you say that. Mm-hmm. Because um one of the things as a as a really good writer, not saying that I'm a good writer, but like what really good writers <laughs> need to do is have the understanding and complete wherewithal to de- go deep into your antagonists.
0: Yeah. Because, and this is the point that I've gotten to, and I will say, I'm going to throw this out there, take it for what you will, I am a Christian, I am a spiritual person, and I have, and I try to do a lot of reading and research and thinking about the nature of humanity, Mm -hmm. and not just from a a religious level, but I've gotten to this point, this is where I'm at now, not to say it won't change, I just, humans are so complex, and there is no all good or all bad. Yeah. And and this spills over into so many aspects of my thinking. I get so bogged down and paralyzed by that mm-hmm. vast ocean of gray that's inside of everybody and the recognition that really shitty people can do really great things and really great people can do really shitty things. It's absolutely 100% true. And and that's I think as a writer too in diving into your characters that's what you're talking about with your antagonists and with your bad mm-hmm. guys you know they're not just one dimensional characters who no, are pure no. evil
1: no and I mean if if going to this Mindhunter thing I'm so fangirling about it right hard so hard today but um I, I read the book a few years ago watched the show here this week because I was down post surgery stuff and. <clears throat> I mean, it was just amazing. These these people, half these serial killers, are likable, right? They're they're just you could ha- sit down. Well, how, and how enjoy their 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 company
0: as people? How would they not have been caught for so long? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the um, well. There's a lot of dimensions to that well, comment, but that's yeah. true. But they've passed themselves off like these true chameleons, sociopaths. Oh, have for passed sure. themselves off for so long as likable. Mm-hmm relatable people. Yeah. And even deep within some of them, I mean, I'm reading a lot of interesting things about um, the co-ed killer whose name I'm blanking on right now. Oh,
1: I just watched that one too. Uh,
0: anyway. Fascinating. Fascinating Oh my people. gosh, yes. But it doesn't help me in terms of my own mental <laughs> sometimes going down those deep dark rabbit holes. Well,
1: I know, right? You're like, what makes me different than these yes. people? Yes. And, and uh, we were just talking about this, you and I, like yesterday, about how if, if and why we see a lot of authors being narcissists? Yes, mm-hmm. um, and it is not an author thing. We were just talking about some, like particular authors that we were like, "This is why they definitely did this is that they seek that attention and that validation, um, and manipulation, that and manipulation position to manipulate." And it's not authors, like we said. It was just a conversation we're having. That's I mean,
0: our spe- That's our space. That's yeah,
1: me. yeah. Um, and it's true though. I mean, there's definitely those people that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are very very narcissistic but what makes them who they are what makes them likable what and and then um how can they function like how yeah. and that's not, not just narcissism that's um any sort of mental illness or right. even personality right um how what's this this self-care which is kind of funny that this is coming back to where it is like right. from social or serial killers what was that guy's name it's gonna bug me now i know uh it starts with an s does like, it sl- slake sl- no so it's something and i keep thinking jerry brudos but it's definitely oh, not him. that's a good one too though yeah he's
0: craziest
1: oh yeah anyways so anyway um, um anyhow <laughs> now i'm gonna be <laughs> st- i know we're gonna go spinning crazy. on that i'm sure we'll get tons of comments it'll so right? be great and they'll be like <laughs> it's Indious. this guy somebody's gonna be shouting thank you, at the radio. thank you we both have uh-huh. done enough research in this we should know but whatever right be what it is Going back to the self-care thing and not right. serial killers. <laughs> um, the other S-word. Hopefully you guys like these podcasts. Let us know because this is what we're going to do. Okay. Right. We're, we're going little... to be genuine. It's going to be off the cuff. We take left turns a lot. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how we think. It's cool. It's cool. Um, but this self-care thing and coming back to mental health and coming back to the the full gamut of everything is the need to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and... I know that I I've been at this for a decade plus now, De- mm. decade. Um, no, again, you're only I'm only 25. I'm a 25. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I actually did start in my mid 20s, so d- a decade. So like two years. For like yeah, 29. <laughs> Four years. No, um, no, I'm 36. I'll be honest, I'm not that old, but I, I'm I'm proud of my 36.
0: Good for but, you. I'm gonna be aging out of the 30s mm-hmm. here in a couple. We months. don't admit
1: that. We don't admit that.
0: I think that's part of self care is realizing that I'm okay with being. Forty. Oh, she gets it up top, staring down the yeah. barrel of forty, and you know what? It doesn't look that much different than thirty-seven. It really doesn't, does you it? know, like yeah. no, it just it is what it is. Yeah, See, I am gonna have to uh, do a little more um, working out in the ways of self care because I've noticed a serious reduction in strength. But whatever.
1: <laughs> well, that has nothing to do with thirty or forty. I think that again comes back to being writers. Yeah, I I so um. I almost said an F word I cuss, and it's gonna happen guys so if you don't like cussing you're just not gonna listen but so a few years ago I was on contract for 10 books in a single year
0: oh I remember that year it was
1: awesome it was the year of hell <laughs> I mean it was so off- I mean like you have to be grateful and happy that these contracts happened but then at the same time you're like how the fuck am I gonna make this happen right in addition to all the other anxiety-inducing things that I need to do. Yep, living real life. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and running a business and mm-hmm. running another company um, for just my author stuff and, like, doing all of the things. I'm like, oh, my God, I am going to have a panic attack. Like, yep. for reals. Um, I, I didn't end up, luckily, having a panic attack that time. But <laughs> um, I did work myself so hard that I couldn't feel my hands.
0: Oh, you have an issue with not feeling body parts. Well, right now. You're talking about not feeling your arms
1: and legs. That was a nervous thing, though. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a different podcast. Um, But, no, I had been slouching at the computer so much that I pinched nerves, like, in my neck and down my arms. Oh, that's terrible. So I had to accommodate for that to make these deadlines. And in, in hindsight, and one of the things that I've learned the hard way, which seems to be the way I, the only way I learn, just kidding, um, is that to make reasonable deadlines. Yeah. And I'm kind of in a situation like that again right now where I'm like looking down the barrel of a deadline gauntlet that Mm -hmm. I'm like, can I do it? I will make it happen because I'm a workhorse, Mm -hmm. but how much can I add to
0: that? Right, and, and being honest with yourself. And, and
1: that's really, really hard, and especially when um, there's money behind it. Like, right. if you have publishing contracts, then you're like, you know what? I can make more this year than I've ever made, like, if I'm willing to give up all of my free time. Right. And I, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, right now, I, I'm, I'm looking at this self-care thing going, I cannot give up my hands again. Like nope. f- Physically cannot do that. That's unacceptable. Um, so I know I can't do 10 books a year, mm-hmm. um, but right now for sure I'm doing six. That's a lot.
0: That's a huge mm-hmm. amount of And that's pressure. in,
1: that's in one year. Yeah. And then I know I have three more behind that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I
1: may possibly have three more behind that. I mean, so we're talking 12 books. Right. In a two year span. So that's six books a year. And, and these aren't all category lengths. Uh, category length is about 55,000 words. We're talking about single title length fiction, which is about 100,000 words. Mm-hmm. So double the... So mm-hmm. some of these are, and and, and I'm like, is this going to be really workable for me? And, and it's going to end up having to come down to really looking at the calendar and, right. and really scheduling self-care for me.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the key to it is learning to know yourself and to recognize mm-hmm. when you're spiraling into these episodes of... Just letting yourself go and and getting to a point where you don't want to be, and
1: and looking down that barrel, now yep. of
0: that that gauntlet. And because,
1: and this is, I don't want to cause anxiety for anybody that's listening. Because part of this is you have to schedule in time, not only for self care, but for marketing. Yep. For public appearances. For holidays. Yep. For children's events. Yep. And I always give myself two weeks for sickness because I know I will get a cold.
0: Yeah. And so, like, you literally have to schedule colds. Well, just like any other employment situation where you're getting paid leave when you are, you know, scheduled a certain amount of sick time, mm-hmm. you have to do the same thing with yourself. as yeah. a As a self-employed, business-owning writer... Yeah. You have to think of yourself in the same terms. And it's hard. It's hard to
1: yeah. see it from that perspective. But hopefully we're helping you a little bit with a little insight, you know, on like the reality mm-hmm. that
0: and everything that comes with publishing. Right. And we talk about that a little bit and we'll get into it in further podcast episodes. But think business. You are a business owner. <laughs> Don't limit yourself the the days of this romantic perception of writers as just waltzing into their home office and typing the day away and then shutting the computer at whatever time and rejoining the real world and not having to do anything outside of that that's really gone there's no way unless you're Stephen King who Um, I think he can do that but he's but he does he it, it for you, decades. Yeah. And if you read his book, that's not how he does it. So I've read his book. I loved his book. It's I thought so his book was fantastic. Anyways, yeah, cut your darlings. Yeah, even he. He works and works and works and works. And so, I mean, the unfortunate reality is you have to do a bunch of crap that you're not going to love to do. Mm-hmm. And you can't. Yeah, because not everything in publishing is fun. It's not. And and not everybody is great at everything. I was just having this conversation in another context with somebody else is that in any role, in any organization, not, not a single person is good at every single aspect of their job.
1: Well, I know in SPS, I can't do Melanie's job. She's our marketing director. She's fucking phenomenal. (laughs) Uh, Again, here comes the F-bombs. We're drinking wine. Shocker. Drinking wine. Here, let's clink the glasses. Mm, There you go. Yeah. Um, To prove it. Again, we take wine in payment. Uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, sort of. Sort of. I mean, unless you're a client. Then we got to talk. But we'll take wine with payment. Gold balloons, right? (laughs) No, but, like, Melanie is such a a strong communicator and putting people on timelines and going, this is what we need to do and this really strong linear thinker. Um she looks at me like oh my god what no she really really is I mean and she has this capability to look at the details pull those out and make you think about the details which is something that I'm not always that great at in business like I can do it in books but Mm. it's just a different totally different mindset for me so um I'm a business director of course because I like to talk And I like to go out and be seen, and I like to talk to prospective clients, and and it's what I enjoy. So we both have roles we enjoy.
0: Right, and the thing that, like I was just saying a little bit earlier, is that Danica's skill is recognizing opportunity and capitalizing on that. And she has done such a fantastic job of that both within our business and for her own business, for her writing Aww, career. Oh, you
1: make my, my heart all warm, girl.
0: Oh, seriously, if you want to emulate anybody in achieving your writing goals, this is the gal to emulate. And you just
1: heard this staring down the barrel thing,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's all part of it is like that level of success doesn't come without having that business acumen and seeing those things. And so that's the stuff that I don't have the natural inclination to do and I'm trying to learning though. I'm trying to learn that yeah and so part <clears> of <throat> that I can't be open to learning that if I'm constantly swimming in my own pool of fear and and self-doubt and self-doubt and so there's a lot of things that I've tried uh, and that's the funny thing too I think about depression and anxiety and any kind of mental illness and the treatment for it is that it's kind of a moving target it is and what works for you in some circumstances isn't always going to work for you um i would really really love to try meditating i can't because i can't stop my brain long enough. i can't either i'm with you i uh, tried it oh my God. it's like yoga like you know at the end of yoga
1: when they they make you lay there and just stop i can never lay there more
0: than 15 seconds i know because then i'm like okay and then it's on to the grocery store and then i've got to do some stuff i gotta start that hard yeah right there's things there's things happening but what i did find i tried the um it's a sensory deprivation experience it's a float tank Mm-hmm. And everybody I've talked, I was blown away at how amazing this was. Really, it was so awesome. It's this little shallow pool, and it's just like a tiny little. I can't even describe it, but it's salt water, so you just float, and it's only like up to your mid calf, so it's not that deep, and it's not a huge space. It's like the size of a hot tub, um, but then it's all dark and all quiet, and it feels so vast. And so I went in there for 60 minutes, and I've only done it twice, but I need to do it more often because it might be the one thing that stops my brain from just churning. And it took me a solid half hour to actually slow down to the point where I was like, oh, I think I might be meditating now.
1: (laughs) Is this what everybody's been talking about? (laughs) Right?
0: I was like, oh, this is it. Um, You know, and then promptly jerked myself right out of that super relaxed state but it was amazing because it's like okay if i i I found it if i turn off all the lights if there's no sound if there's no physical sensation Mm -hmm. then i can get to that point where i can do it and it was super helpful now the second time i went I did not have the same experience. Huh. It was still awesome, but it was not the same mind-blowing Pathetic experience thing. yeah, and I think it's because I was in a different mental state, huh um and I don't know what the but so like that. I've tried, but you said, like you said, it's a moving target. It is, and so that doesn't mean I'm never going to do that again. In fact, I'd like to do it again pretty regularly, especially now that we're getting into winter when it's dark oh, all yeah. the
1: time. Well, and, and we're in Montana, so like that is—it's a huge part of the. We're we're nearly Alaska.
0: Just kidding. We're pretty far from Alaska, but but it feels a lot like, of dark. Yeah, so much dark. dark. I mean, it's dark at five in the five in the afternoon. I and... have light
1: therapy glasses. One of my fans Ooh. gave them to me recently, and I have to say, I love them.
0: I, I don't know them. what those are. What are they those? look like
1: sunglasses, but they have, like, a little visor over the top of them that shoots UV light, basically, into your eyes. Whoa. To help with the sad. The sad. That's amazing. I've
0: considered doing, like, the sun lamps <clears throat> or whatever to get That's the...
1: basically what they are, and he, because and he, he was dealing with these kind of problems, mm-hmm. and he's like, these have just changed my life, and he gave them to me, and I was like, oh, my God, all right, well, I'm only on, like, my first week of using them, but I have to say there's definitely a difference. That's awesome. Yeah, so like like you were saying, you just need to find your thing. Right. If you guys have things that have worked for Please you share. in self care, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, we'd love to hear it again at SP SP underscore services or at Danica Winters. Mel, what's your what's your handle? Uh I don't. <laughs> Okay. Well what of us? That's <laughs> we're real good marketers. Just kidding. We're right. actually fantastic at what we do. But um. Yeah, no, so just give. go ahead and give us a, a shout-out of, like, what you think is working for you. And so we can use it, too. I want to try. I'm
0: open. Right, because that's part of it, too, is just talking with other people and finding new ideas. I actually tried hypnotherapy. Oh, man, that'd be cool. It was kind of cool. Again, this is part of my problem is I get myself psyched up, and I do it once, and then I don't go back. But I would like to go back. Oh, so back.
1: follow-through is a problem. What? <laughs>
0: no i'm sure no writers out there ever have had that problem (laughs) i
1: don't know how many novels i started before i finished my first one (laughs) that's
0: a big issue i have so many great ideas how do i get them to the finish line exactly exactly but it is um just generally speaking self-care is something you have to consciously think about and plan for
1: and schedule for sure schedule um I know that sounds crazy, but like we're Mel and I are both moms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many kids, so many children. Actually, they're all together right now when we do this podcast, which is it's kind of fun. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you hear screaming in the background, that's what it is. I swear. <laughs> no, we're professional women. I swear. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are working moms, and that sometimes that means like, hey, kids, go play the Xbox. We don't care oh mommy needs a drink yeah I'm not saying mommy needs a drink but mommy needs a drink mommy needs a drink Mm -hmm. and and guys I know that depression is not helped by alcohol so you don't need to comment on that (laughs) we know we're aware but we've had I've had a third of a glass so
0: if it takes Mm -hmm. the edge off and I can talk to you don't
1: don't rib me about it
0: right we get it we know the things yeah Well, and I think some of it, too, is being, this is the thing that so many people have a hard time with, and I'm going to say, especially women, being forgiving of yourself. You know what? That's a great Mm -hmm. juxtaposition
1: between what we were just doing. Like, don't rip me. I know I I feel bad about doing it, but I don't feel bad about doing it. But yeah, I mean, that that weird dichotomy and that weird duality between I know what's wrong and I know that this isn't healthy, but at the same time, I'm going to do it anyway.
0: Right? I like, I enjoy a glass of wine. And,
1: and you know, that can be part of self-care in, if you're doing it in a healthy and moderate way.
0: Right. And it's the same thing, like, this summer with my children when I very stupidly thought that I could handle running a business and having children at home all summer without <laughs> care. I don't know. I don't know what <clears throat> yeah. Gremlin got into my head with that. They watched a lot of TV. They Mm -hmm. did a lot of screen time. Way to go, Mom. I'm proud of you. I felt bad about that, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? It's a learning experience for me. We gotta get stuff done. I gotta get stuff done. Yeah. I need them to be occupied. And I think that's great. So, am I always, like, the mother of the year? No. But you know what? My kids are healthy. They're happy. You know what? Alive at the end of the day. Alive at the end of the day. And That's even then, my like, goal. as long as
1: you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> like, know, just right? kidding. <laughs> totally a dark joke. Serial killer conversation here, guys. Um, no, right? no. I, you know what? My kids are, have had to be independent because of my schedule. Yep. Um, they know how to make mac and cheese and eggs. They're good. Yeah. I mean, they're 10 and 13. Well, yeah. And they're, they're old functional, enough to be. But even at
0: five, I had them making their own cereal. Yeah. Because I was like, dude, I can't do it all. Right. And that's the truth. And that goes back to that no matter what it is, yeah. you cannot do it all.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I have to say, I, I'm going to brag about my kids. I'm not one of those moms that brags with their kids a lot, but my kids have grown up to become very independent, oh. motivated, just giving children. Yeah, and And I think it is because I've had to be like, hey dude, you're on your own. Right. You figure it out. You, and go, and I mean, and I hope they're watching me too going, she works really, really hard, and, and, and I'm not a single parent, but like, works really, really hard, and uses that as their own guide, hopefully later in life.
0: Right, like to, to something to emulate, or to look hopefully. up to. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. but
1: whatever their path, follow their passion. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I want that for everybody, not just my children, follow your passion. Right. To wherever it leads. Right. And, you know, that kind of leads me on, an, on a little bit of a left, but not a left. <laughs> but um, I see people trying to write books that fit the market because it's what they see in the market. There's a lot of conversation
0: around that right now. Yeah. Do I write to market or do I write what I love?
1: And and there, you can
0: do both.
1: Yes. Um, but
0: if you don't have passion in what you do, mm-hmm. don't do it. I think that my answer to that would be, just write a good book. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you write a good book, regardless of whether it's the trend or not... Yep. You're going
1: to do fine. And you write a better book when you really do take a break.
0: Yes. I have found,
1: because I've literally written a book in six days. Oh my... (laughs) Um, is it my best book? I'm not telling you which one it is. (laughs) It went through many rounds of revision, okay? But, like, is it my best book? No. Um... And so what I found is the books that were taking me a little bit longer where I was scheduling myself breaks yep, allowed my mind to open up a little bit more and come up with creative and new ideas. So
0: again, self-care. Self-care, being aware of what's coming and how to navigate that from with whatever you need, um, whatever your particular stumbling blocks are, working around them before you hit them. I will say I want to talk just a minute about in particular, self care at conferences. This is a this is a thing for me because, and I'll I've mentioned this before, and I'll probably say it a hundred times. I get so overwhelmed in the large audiences. I get to that point where I have conversations, and then I'm having an out of body experience, listening to myself talking, thinking, "Shut up, shut up, shut <laughs> up!" Like you're just talking. There's no meaning to those words, and uh, it's so uncomfortable for me. And so going into Before I go to a conference, it's taking that time to really settle in my mind. Okay, be prepared. This is what's going to happen. Here are your goals to come out of this conference. Here's what you want to accomplish. And these are the pieces, these are the moments where you're going to stop engaging. You're going to remove yourself. You're going to go be alone. Because that's what I need at conferences is time to be in silence time to be alone and to uh-huh. even uh-huh. i mean i might watch tv i might just stare at my phone just something to shut down for a while uh-huh. and and prepping yourself and then you know some real practical things too drink a lot of water um Bring hand sanitizer. Yeah. Um like take care of your physical body, which yeah. is something we haven't touched. That, a but lot, but that
1: is a part of self-care that is important. Take care of your physical body, work out, exercise. Yep. Even if exercise means walk it 2 on the treadmill for 10 minutes a day, do it. Do, do something. It. Yeah. Um watch your I mean you have to you have to move your body.
0: Yeah. I read a book once. I can't remember who it was by or what it was about. It was a it was a non-fiction book. The one thing that stuck with me out of that book was when you don't know what to do, do something. Yeah, and I stick with that. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do, do something. Even if that something is get out, mm-hmm. walk around the mm-hmm. block, and come back to my chair. I started a garden this year just to get away from the computer. Good for you. Well, and it's it was
1: cathartic. I mean, that's the only where it's it was perfect. I got to nurture something that I benefited from in the long term and helped my family. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I kind of get this farming thing now. Now now am I good at it? No. But I loved it. I I thought it was fun.
0: How many bushels of zucchinis did you drop anonymously Uh, in people's cars? A lot. (laughs) I was the I was a zucchini stalker, <laughs> throwing zucchini at people yeah, as they walk much,
1: by. Here's that one. <laughs> it was more like squash. Oh, a lot squash. of squash. But yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely there. So whatever you need to do, guys, take take a minute. Um, when you get done listening to our podcast, schedule yourself some self care.
0: Yep, and whatever that needs to look like for you, and don't hesitate to tell us what you've tried that worked or didn't work share share please and don't be afraid to say words out loud like i have depression i have anxiety i have x mental illness uh, i mean the more that we talk about it the more normal it becomes mm-hmm. absolutely and
1: and you'll be surprised to um will give you a hug and say me too
0: yep it's out there we're all together it's awesome yep all right thanks for listening thanks guys talk to you later bye If you have enjoyed this episode of the Everything Publishing podcast, please reach out to us at selfpublishingservices@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media at sp services, or you can check out our website at selfpublishingservices.com. We'd love it if you'd stick around. We have lots more episodes planned, and we'd love to get to know what you want us to cover. Have a great day and I wish you productive writing.